0: Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Unrestricted Podcast. It's actually just me, Emily, here today. Um, Han is on holiday. And so over the next couple of weeks, we are doing a couple of um, individual recordings and episodes around the topic of normal eating. Now, I was having a little think about what I wanted to talk with you about today, And actually, having had a wonderful weekend away with a friend in Lancaster, in fact, I thought this is the perfect thing to discuss. It's just a very normal, I mean, a wonderful weekend, but it's a very normal weekend away with all sorts of different moments that, looking back on, I can think, oh, yes, how wonderful was the food freedom in this Um, experience in this this weekend. Uh, And particularly when I was trying to think of what to talk about in relation to this, I can think of lots of different areas this weekend where what felt normal and easy and flexible and fluid to me now would have felt challenging um, and not normal at all when I was inside my eating disorder. Um, So I think I'm just going to start (laughs) with how the weekend started, uh, I was working on Thursday and then I had a university lecture in the afternoon. Uh, I was actually recording a video that day for my YouTube channel. Uh, and it was all around, um, my sort of how I hopped into recovery and I won't go into too much detail about that here but it was basically a day a very different kind of video I don't normally do that kind of uh topic and video but it was very much me sort of um reliving or trying to recreate an example of those early early days when I was hopping and into my recovery um and It was interesting because I remember when I first started doing that at the very beginning of my recovery, I felt like what I was eating was a lot of food. And actually, on that day, it didn't, you know, I was recreating it and I was like, oh, no, this is really not that abnormal at all this is this <laughs> it's just a day of eating um and i think that was interesting because it just goes to show how much distortion there is around what it means to eat normally when you are in a restrictive headspace um so anyway I did that day of recording and then it just so happened um, that in the evening, spontaneously, um, went out with a friend and Andrew for some dinner um, and we went out. It was really lovely, actually. We went to a place called The Botanist, um, which if you live in potentially the UK, I don't think it's just England, it might be just England, but I think they are, oh no, it must... Anyway, (laughs) I'll get sidetracked. Um, but it's really, really lovely. They do amazing cocktails and we had sort of a three course meal and it was just, it was just, it was just really good. Um, so we went out and did that. Then we came home, we had some more drinks some snacks, played some games. And then on the Friday, um, myself and the friend, um, his name's Sam, <laughs> I'll share that with you, I'm sure he won't mind, we went to Lancaster together. Um, he, We were going for the purpose of him doing an open day at the university um, and so I sort of tagged along and we made a weekend of it um, and it was really really lovely but for example on the Friday we sort of woke up, had some breakfast, chilled out, got some I got some little bits and pieces done mainly just putting lots of filming onto my laptop so that my phone wasn't completely chocker with videos from the previous day um but then went off to his place and then hit on the road to go to Lancaster and uh, we grabbed some lunch spontaneously just as we were on the way um and that's a theme across this weekend that I think stands out to me as one of the elements of normal eating. And that is the spontaneity of it. There's no need to plan, you know, in my eating disorder, I, one, felt a need to micromanage the entire thing. If we were going away for a weekend, I just needed to know, what restaurants we were going to go to, what cafes we were going to do. And I could try and dress it up as, oh, I just want to make sure we're going to really nice places. And I just want to make sure that we've got seats because, you know, they might be fully booked. But the truth of it was that I just wanted to micromanage and check the menus on everything and see what there was and what I was going to have so that I could plan out and jump through all the hoops for the entire day. Um, And so now, recovered, it's just freedom in the form of spontaneity and being able to go away, not take any stuff with me. Um, You know, when I was in my eating disorder, I would often take things with me so I could have my lunch and my breakfast and my snacks while I was away. And then in recovery, for a very different purpose, I would take lots of things with me so that I always knew I had an abundant supply. Um, But now in terms of where I'm recovered, it's just that freedom of of getting in the car and going and and you know maybe packing a couple of road trip snacks but beyond that it's just who knows what we'll do, where we'll go, what we'll have? Who knows? It's it's spontaneous. Um, so I think that's kind of one of the big standout things for me in terms of sharing this little story of my weekend. Um, but anyway, we then got into uh, Lancaster, uh, sort of checked into the place we were staying and then went for a little bit of an explore around the city, um, which is very nice, actually. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, chatting and looking around and whatnot. And then um, that evening, I can't remember anything particularly remarkable to discuss about us going around the city and and doing bits and pieces. But in the evening, we'd got um, a a sort of space booked, what's it called a table, a table, a table booked at the uh, hotel. um, So that we could just basically have some food and then hop into bed from table to to room so that was quite nice um and again another situation there's no menu checking there's no juggling there's no thinking about what I'm going to order based on what I have had what I will have what the other person is having what there's it's just a case of you sit down get given a menu look at it go hmm that sounds a bit nice oh that sounds a bit nice um that one, that one, I'll have that one and going for it um, and, and, and ordering. Um, also, there was on the menu, we ended up having actually both of us got the same. We got the fish and chips um, and they had a, a small and a large. Um, and the waitress even sort of said she was like, oh, um, no, no, the small is the small is plenty big enough. I was like, no, I'll have the large one. Thank you. Um, and it's little things like that where I can reflect back and think, gosh, in my eating disorder one, I would have knee-jerk gone for the smaller option. Uh, in recovery, I would have gone for the larger option, but comments like that would have felt really um, challenging. They would have definitely added friction. Um, but now it's like, well, no, I I just want the large one. Thanks. Um So yeah, we had that. It was really, it was really good, actually. It was a beautiful restaurant with this great big open fire, um, which was on, you know, with a roaring fire. It was just, it was lovely. Um, anyway, um, after that sort of the next thing I can think of would be breakfast the next morning. Um, and I definitely remember in my eating disorder, sort of hotel breakfasts being something which I would simply try to recreate as close as possible my safe breakfast um, or one of two options which I deemed to be safe Um, and actually it was really nice just to go and and pick it was it was really really fancy actually I'm not used to this I I'm used to staying in mountain bodies like huts um hostels that's my kind of accommodation usually so this was a real treat and um so luxurious uh the, the breakfast menu it was all sort of um served to you like a three course breakfast which was as i say luxurious i did miss going up and doing all the like the toast and the this i thought i think that's quite nice for me about hotel breakfasts um and it's something now which recovered i get excited about and lean into rather than feel resist and again going in with that mindset of right how can I jump through hoops how can I recreate my safe breakfast in this space Um, so yes just to be able to sit again not knowing what it was that was going to be for breakfast going down picking off the menu having whatever Um, again as well another thing I I think is probably important to add at this point is that the hotel actually the menus all had um, sort of the calorie information written all over them and this is something which when I was in my eating disorder, it was available and most places did have that information and I would definitely go looking for it in a disorder-driven way. Um, but I think now it is definitely more plastered all over things in a way that it wasn't when I went into recovery. You know, when I when I disengaged from that disordered behaviour and challenged myself to just go to places and pick off the menu, there was definitely... Um, an ability to just definitely not see the numbers. Um, Whereas I think now, you know, there are many places will offer menus without numbers. But I do think that because of those sort of changes, um, certainly in here in the UK, um, the numbers are more present. I suppose the thing I want to sort of say when it comes to the topic of normal eating now is those numbers, like they just don't, they don't mean anything. It's just information that's there. It doesn't, It doesn't mean anything to me any longer. And so, yes, I'm not, I'm not, I can't not see them. It's not like my brain just blank, but it's there, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just irrelevant information that doesn't have any effect on what I pick, what I don't pick. Um, And so I think where in recovery, there were all sorts of things that I probably would have had to do to really challenge that. And I, um, you know, we can probably do a whole episode on that alone, I do think now the work that I did in recovery of when I did see numbers doing the opposite of what my eating disorder wants to do challenging myself to eat things that didn't have any information challenging myself to skyrocket above the eating disorders kind of glass ceiling on what was appropriate all of those things that repetitive rebellious action has now created a place where my brain doesn't register that information is important those numbers don't mean anything and so it just sees them and then just moves on immediately um so from a normal point of view I think that's another thing I wanted to add um then yeah we just spent the rest of the day went to the open day it was really nice um that evening I'm sort of skipping the day because there's nothing particular I realize I've already talked to you for nearly 12 minutes so I should probably um swiftly move on through this little story um but then that night again we went out to another um pub And we had a really, really delicious meal. Um, I had like a meat skewer hanging thing, which came with flatbreads and chips and, um, different dips and sauces. And it was just, it was delicious, absolutely delicious. Um, and then we got puddings. I got sticky toffee because it's just an absolute classic. Uh probably one of my favorites. Uh and then we just sat and we had lots of drinks and we played games and it's just free and fluid and flexible and spontaneous and easy. Just easy. Just sat there wasn't thinking about what I'd had that day, what I was going to have tomorrow. Again, it was just being in the moment, looking at the menu, picking what I wanted yeah just it was just just exactly that and it's almost difficult to sort of now I've got to a place where it's almost difficult to relate to who I was when it wasn't like that I almost just can't relate to that me any longer because I it's just so natural now to go in and just pick and 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 drink and eat and the food to be delicious and lovely but not the not the center of it all you know, and not to, not to need it to be perfect, not to need to pick the very best place, not to need to have, I don't know, to go in and and be hungry so that I really enjoy it, actually just to be able to snack on the way and it not to be this great big ritualistic pedestal moment. Um, And yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful, to be honest. And I really want you to hear loud and clear that the way I've got to this place is not some magic. It's not that I'm different from you. It's that I challenged it again and again and again. I did the opposite of what the eating disorder wanted again and again and again. And I pushed into all of the areas where there was fear, where there was resistance. I ate imperfectly to challenge the need for it to be up on that pedestal, that perfection, paralysis. I I challenged it through my opposite actions. And, And you too can get to a place where food is easy and simple. It just takes that commitment to the action taking. And so the next day we woke up, we had another lovely, lovely breakfast in the hotel. We were going to be going on a walk on the way home, sort of stopping, breaking the journey up. Um, so we stopped and got some sandwiches and crisps and snacks and bits and pieces so we could have a picnic. Um, we went on a lovely walk in a place um, in the Peak District called... Um, Chrome Hill and Park House Hill both of which are absolutely stunning and had a really really nice walk it was very quiet but the weather was really good the skies were blue saw lots of wildlife had a great picnic looking out over a lovely view um, and again in terms of the normality of it food was a wonderful part of that day but it was a part of the day it was not the focus and that isn't something that I had to force it was just naturally it felt that way Um, there was definitely a time in, in my recovery where I felt like I would never feel normal around food again. It would always still be the focus because when I was in my eating disorder, it was the focus because of restriction. And actually, when I went into recovery, food became this big focus because my body was just like, yes, bring on the food. I want it all the food, 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 food. It was it was almost more focused on the food in recovery. And so I do remember thinking, oh, my goodness, when? When is it going to be that I can just wake up and not think about food and not think about recovery and not think about all this? Like, When is that going to come? When is it going to feel easy? And when am I going to feel normal around things? And I think the important things to remember here are this is not a process to rush. It is not something that you can artificially force. You have to allow yourself to get to that place where your body is completely nutritionally rehabilitated and your brain is totally neurally wired. And then the shift is a natural one. So anyway, I have now spoken for quite a while. I've definitely met the 15 minutes. Um, So I'm going to wrap it up there. I hope that this little story about my weekend just gone um, has maybe offered a little bit of an insight into my experience of what normal eating is for me. Now, obviously, this is just one weekend of it, but there were certainly some themes that came up that I think are consistent across the whole range of what it is to be no longer with an eating disorder and a normal eater. Um, So yes, anyway, thank you so much for listening. And I very much look forward to speaking with you again in another episode. Bye.